SLPS at one point had 115,000 students in it. Uh, that was in the late 1960s, early 70s. It has uh, about 21,000 now, um, and still most of the schools in the city are half full. SLPS has closed 47 schools since 2003. Whether I have, I'm here as superintendent beyond my contract or not, members of this board will be and have to deal with this issue again unless something bigger takes place. On Tuesday night, the St. Louis Public School Board voted to close eight schools within the district. Dorothy Rohde Collins, president of the St. Louis School Board, said the board had little choice. But if we don't close schools tonight, in March, whenever, our children are going to suffer. We are not going to be able to provide them with the things that they deserve and the things that we've said as a board we want them to have. School board member Donna Jones also expressed regret. The city of St. Louis, it's criminal the way that they have treated St. Louis public schools. And it's no reason why we should be in the predicament that we are in to even have to choose to close the schools or what have you, or we don't have better options. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. It's worth noting that the eight schools being closed are three fewer than Superintendent Kelvin Adams originally outlined. He had a closure plan and it had 11 on it. So joining us today to talk about what's changed and what schools may still be not yet out of the woods is Ryan Delaney. He's the education reporter for St. Louis Public Radio. Ryan, welcome. Good afternoon, Sarah. So the list of schools that will close no longer includes Hickey or Monroe Elementary Schools. What changed for those two buildings? For those two, Dr. Adams, Dr. Kelvin Adams, the superintendent, seems to have some confidence that those two schools uh, can increase their enrollment in the near future. Uh, that's one, building capacity and enrollment is one of the categories that the district uses to decide whether or not to consider closing a school. Um, and he seemed to be swayed in the last month that either a, a development project or some recruitment effort would get uh, more kids into those two buildings. Um, but, you know, it. We'll see. Um, you know that he he's given you know Dunbar Elementary and a school that will close uh, was considered for closure a few years ago um, and was given a, a reprieve from that um, under the context that it would be able to um, increase its student enrollment and it, it did not. So it, it's a very uphill battle right now. We can talk more about that, but it's a very uphill battle to increase enrollment in uh, mm -hmm. a lot of neighborhood elementary schools in the city right now. And we do want to mention Monroe is in the Marine Villa neighborhood, um, south side of town. Hickey is in Kingsway East on the north side of town. Sounds like these two schools may remain in the danger zone in the coming years, but in the more immediate danger zone, this is Sumner High School. Um, before we talk about what has happened here at the last minute, give us a little bit of context. Why is the close Closing, potential closing of Sumner High School is such a big deal? Because it's a very historic school that has a lot of pride in it. It dates back to the 1870s. It was the first high school west of the Mississippi for African-American teenagers. Um, and it was a landmark on the north side of St. Louis for a long time and really an anchor to the Ville neighborhood, of also a very historically black neighborhood. It has had tons of famous alumni, mm -hmm. um, Arthur Ashe, Tina Turner, 
um, Chuck Berry all graduated from Sumner. It had a very, very successful football program, especially in the 70s and 80s through the early 90s. But um, it's a school that was built for about a thousand students and right now has barely 200. So um, like a lot of these schools, it is woefully underutilized and has seen a declining student population. Uh, Adams actually considered closing Sumner High School in 2010 and um, the alumni of Sumner stepped up and pushed back and convinced him to keep that school open. And even in 2010, that school was still educating about 500 students. So its mm. population is less than half of what it was a decade ago. Boy, so that population is very low for the size of that school building. What got it pulled from the closure list that was voted on earlier this week? Well, it is not entirely out of the woods. Um, the school board will hear a plan and talk about it in March is is what's scheduled. Um, there, like a lot of these schools, Dr. Adams had a lot of conversations in the last month um, since delaying this vote uh, about what could save these schools and plans he heard about Sumner were ones that he feels like have legs and could come together in time. Uh, Harris-Stowe State University is involved. Um, the college is not saying too much right now. Um, but also are some arts organizations and, again, the Sumner Alumni Group and some elected officials have all kind of come together and Dr. Adams is giving them all more time to uh, formulate a plan. And when you say more time, it seems like he's not given them a ton of time here. Um, no, about how, six weeks, too Six months. weeks, okay. Did things have to come together concretely during that time? Has he set any benchmark of what he needs to see by March? Not specifically for Sumner, but he was on this show in December after initially delaying the vote, and he said that he would need concrete plans. And what he said Tuesday night was that there were a lot of proposals for all of the other schools that will close, but they were not concrete enough or not things that could he felt confident could come together in time. Um, you know, Harris Stowe and, and Sumner are... Uh, well, Harris Stowe has a very long history with SLPS in the district. Um, both Harris Teacher College and Stowe Teachers College were started by St. Louis Public Schools. Um, Harris Stowe is a historically black college. Um, and I mentioned Sumner has a long history of educating African-American teenagers. Um, so that seems to be what has motivated Harris Stowe to get involved is just the, the history of these two institutions. Hmm. It does seem like a great fit there. Um, and you can see why Dr. Adams doesn't want to slam the door on this, but it sounds like, you know, this could go either way. Sumner is not out of the woods yet. No, no, it's not. Okay. Well, so Ryan, bigger picture, there was a lot of outrage when the closure list was initially released. What was the vibe like on Tuesday's meeting when it finally got time to vote one way or another on this? I would say less anger among school board members than December when a lot of this outrage first came up. But what they've, they school board members have been saying is that this is a conversation that the district has been having for over a year about the need to realign resources and move them away from facility costs and put them more toward students. Um, and they felt like a lot of people were just coming up at the 11th hour when they should have been speaking up and involved months or years ago. Mm -hmm. um, there's also this long conversation about a lot of the things that are leading to low enrollment of schools they feel like are out of their control, be it um, development policies and strategies in the 
in the city, uh, a chronic disinvestment of the north side of Saint in the north side of St. Louis, uh, which is what Donna Jones kind of was hinting to in the cut that you played. Uh, this city continually giving large development incentives, tax breaks to projects in the central corridor that siphon money away from uh, you know property tax revenue away from the public schools. Um, a lack of coordination between you know from city hall about charter schools um, and when and where charter schools open. So just feeling like they need more involvement from city and state elected officials. I do want to play another clip here. This leads into to something else that you captured from this meeting. This is Superintendent Calvin Adams speaking to some of these issues. And so we're sitting here with this dilemma of looking at 11 schools with the idea whether I am, I'm here as superintendent beyond my contract or not, members of this board will be and have to deal with this issue again unless something bigger takes place. That is Superintendent Kelvin Adams. He's flat out saying these won't be the last closures unless there's some big changes. Has he um, given specifics of what he would like to see change? Any, anything within his control or is this all on City Hall at this point? It's definitely a mix. He said also Tuesday night that one thing he would like to have in place before he leaves SLPS is a more concrete plan, some sort of comprehensive plan for the future of schools in the city. Um, He has been superintendent for, uh, I think this is his 13th year. Mm -hmm. Um, But even going back a few years before that, the figure he gave Tuesday night was that SLPS has closed 47 schools since 2003. Um, So this is something that comes up fairly regularly. um, And that seems like a very high number. um, But you know, we have to remember that SLPS at one point had 115,000 students in it. Uh, that was in the late 1960s, early 70s. It has uh, about 21,000 now. Um, and still most of the schools in the city are half full. Um, and demographic projections don't show a increasing population anytime soon. And also in the last 20 years, you've had charter schools open and some close. Um So (laughs) this is something that has happened every few years. It's not the first time that I have written about school closures in this city. Mm -hmm. uh, And I've been here for four years. And it's going to keep happening unless, as Dr. Adams wants, a more citywide comprehensive strategy for where schools go, when schools open, who they educate, or some sort of large-scale influx of population. One last thing I wanted to ask you about, I, I heard that he was calling for a charter moratorium within mm-hmm. the district's borders. Who who can accomplish that? Who has the power to declare a moratorium? That's a good question. Um, charter schools are governed very differently. It could come from any number of people, either formally or informally. Uh, informally, all of the sponsors of charter schools, which are um, universities, nonprofit universities, um, or the charter commission, which is a, a state entity, could all say, we're not going to sponsor any more charter schools in, the, in, in St. Louis. Hmm. Um, that would be the informal way to do it. Um, the State Board of Education, which approves charters, which is kind of a pro forma move, they could deny approving charters, although legally they're kind of bound to as long as I's are crossed or dotted and T's are crossed. Hmm. Um, so really to actually have a true moratorium to, I think, the level he wants, it would have to take some sort of probably state level law since charter schools are 
a state law. Hmm. Well, probably nobody should hold their breath for that happening anytime soon <laughs> based on uh, the Missouri legislature. But there's a lot of issues here. And, and Ryan, I know this is not going to be the last that you'll be dealing with this. Um, and I'm sure we'll be needing an update from you on the Sumner situation. So we'll have of to have course. you on again soon. It's on the calendar. <laughs> I appreciate that. St. Louis Public Radio reporter Ryan Delaney, thank you for joining us today. Happy to do it. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.